0: Good afternoon, listeners, friends, and followers. I'm Richard Olberger, clinical psychologist and podcast host. Here to bring you another edition of the Richard Listens podcast where we focus on performance transformation, and the human journey. And I hope to share with you nuggets of success, triumph, and transformation that my guests bring to me in my journey so that you can hopefully, hack into their knowledge and experience and tap into your strengths, gifts, and apply it to your life as well so you can become the best version of yourself. My guest today, Mr. Brandon Good, was a collegiate football player. He's a model, an actor from Indiana, Pennsylvania, a small town in western Pennsylvania. He's lived in four different countries. He's walked runways and shot all around the world with some of the biggest names in the fashion industry, including Moshino, Dolce Cabana, and Nike. He's also been featured in major publications such as Vogue and V Magazine. Today, we'll be discussing performance, what it's like to be a model, show excellence in your focus and discipline, as well as his own journey in sports and upbringing, and how being raised by a single mother helped catapult him into the success that he is today. He can be reached on Instagram at good letter B-H-A-V-I-O-R, good behavior. Check him out. You'll be dazzled by his attention to excellence as well as his commitment to men's work and helping other men become the best version of himself. I thank all of you for subscribing, listening on Apple Podcast, and for sharing this podcast with those of you who it may benefit. Thank you for connecting with me. And without further ado, I'll be introducing Mr. Brandon Good. Good afternoon, Brandon. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. Thanks for making time. Are you offset today? Yes. I got a free day.
1: It's been a great day. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad that we get to do this.
0: You know, the whole vision for the Richard Listens podcast was to share the different versions of peak performers that are out there. And, you know, my mind continues to be opened to the grind and the ethic that has to be put in in so many different professions. And I guess it's no mystery that you have a sports background in learning about some of your workouts you have to go through to stay always ready and the level of discipline to be willing to, to put yourself out there in this way. Tell us a little bit. I know we have a magazine article you've shared with us how'd you get started modeling did it start with sports was there any connection there and how does being an athlete help you to maintain the discipline that this profession requires Uh, that's a great question funny story i started off from a small
1: town in western pennsylvania name of the town is called indiana pennsylvania which makes it that much more confusing so
0: does everyone stop you and be like what like you have to explain yourself right there right i literally
1: i'll just say pittsburgh because it's the closest city which makes it the most Easy, but then it sounds like I'm from the city, but I'm not from the city. Every aspect of my life and the way that I grew up was nothing city. You know, I had a farm in the backyard, of cows, cow tipping, riding ATVs.
0: That was the weekend. So when you saw cars, you were like, I'm right at home. Yeah, exactly.
1: You got the mechanic and you got... Yeah, my grandfather worked at Sears for 50 years, I want to say. That's where I come
0: from. Well, I love the Sears company. How many people were in your high school?
1: There was 300 in my graduating class. I mean, it's a little bit bigger for a small town. It felt big to me to like moved away out here in LA now. I see these schools that have like 700, 800 in a class. It felt like there was no room in our school for like more people, even the athletic team.
0: So did you have to play on like every single team? Like you guys didn't have enough. Like, were you on the basketball team and the football team? You
1: were recruited by every single coach you got to play this you got to play that gym class teacher was like trying to scout you for a track team and on the football team we played both sides I didn't even know that it was a thing of, of people recruiting players and stuff like that it played the best and the best would stay on the field as much as they could
0: so did sports give you confidence did it give you a place where you belong what did it give to you coming from a small environment like that and how did you know you wanted to take it continue playing sports it was my first love
1: it was one of those things that gave me, it gave me an outlet to be able to work towards something. And it taught me how to work at something, pick up a ball, realize that I wasn't that good at it and be passionate about wanting to be better at that sport. And we played pickup football, pickup basketball growing up on the street, on the pavement, we would be playing like kids like tackle football on the pavement. And it's like, you have to be good. I remember asking my dad, I wasn't that good at catching the ball. I was like, how can I work on catching the ball better? And he said, what I used to do was lay on my back and I would throw the ball up. And it taught me hand-eye coordination. And that was like the process for me to then always want to figure out how I could learn more, how I could get better at the different aspects that I wasn't as good at. And I think having that with sports is what transferred into my modeling. My first three years of model weren't amazing. Like some people come into the industry and they just, they start shooting crazy campaigns. They do really insane things. It's like the star overnight. And that wasn't my story.
0: That's interesting. We had a peak performance researcher on the podcast recently part of what she was talking about you know the grit this tenacity and you hear a lot of professional soccer players it's like you know you win you lose go kick the ball against the wall right or we don't see right all the jump shots being taken by Kobe Bryant or Larry Bird or you know how many shots they're putting up even as the sun has already come down what parallels could you find you know for the modeling world where it's like I mean you got to have a certain look right but is it just about preparation is it communication and outreach the willingness to work with designers and their visions like what can you control because i know this is probably an area similar to becoming an athlete where everyone's like i want to be in the major leagues or i want to be a model that it's not just about the result what is the process that you had control over
1: i see what you're saying but you're blessed with certain things some people are born you're like oh my god that's going to be a linebacker in the nfl like just by the shape of the build. For me, and this this was athletics too, like I was a smaller guy and I ended up playing D1 football in college. And I remember people always telling me that I was too small and I just would never do it. And that was what fueled me more than anything. That wasn't like one of those things where, okay, well, because you said it, I'm going to give up. I'm not going to try. And I remember there was a day where I'm head coach of my high school team. He said that there's no way that you'll play division. One. And at that point I was like, I'm going to do everything in my power. I was emailing, mailing things out to every single coach, every D1 coach in Pennsylvania, in Ohio,
0: everywhere. But that's a really interesting quality right there, because that messaging from an adult, a father figure, I'm assuming it was a a male coach, is that right? Depending on their demeanor, like the messaging could be taken in so many different ways. Sounds like you took it as anger and you had enough confidence in yourself. Did anyone show you those skills, like how to reach out to coaches, how to email, how to go about that, what they would want to hear from you? I don't know where it stemmed, but I always wanted to
1: figure out a way on my own it's always been you know kind of lone wolf feeling of you know nobody around me had been in college no one i knew even played in college i had google at the time i was a kid and i had my computer class i'd just be searching up like how can i figure out ways to communicate with these coaches how can i make a highlight film and wanting to make a highlight film Now I have to learn how to edit. So I start looking up how to edit. And then I download these like free editing videos. I'm making the thing. I'm adding music to it. I'm like trying to make it as cool as possible to try to attract this (laughs) coach. What was
0: your favorite song on your
1: highlight tape? It was Lil Wayne. I love it all or all above. I was in love with
0: Lil Wayne back then. All my
1: workouts, I'd be just blasting Lil little lane, just going crazy.
0: This in itself is such a grown-up adult skill. When I got into even doing the podcast, you don't have to have a professional team, but you may have to figure it out on your own. But yeah. that's incredible. Like, that's a hard path take. Nobody yeah. telling you how to go about it. For sure.
1: Yeah. And I mean, sometimes I think of me and my mom's relationship. I grew up with a single mother and she was very busy. You know, being a single mother is incredibly difficult. And because she was so busy, you had to mom, do it on your own. I learned to do things on my own. I'd ask mom, like, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? And she'd be like, yeah, I'll do it. And then like, there was a hundred million other things that she had. to. Do. And because of that, I knew that I had to. Figure out for myself. I can't necessarily ask for help. I have to figure out a way, and that's what's really differentiated in modeling, especially. That's what set me apart.
0: Well, I want to get to the modeling, but first, I want to know how many emails did you have to send out before a coach responded? Or- a lot.
1: I sent to every single D1, every D1A, D1AA in the area. I was Googling, searching up coaches, saying like, "Yeah, sure, like you can come in for a visit." And I remember I got invited to D1AA team, Pennsylvania called, and this was my first interested D1 team. I was so nervous. They invited me to a visit. So it was a Saturday that I was going out the day before I was severely concussed. And again, I couldn't remember more than 15 seconds. So I just repeat the same things every 15 seconds. And it lasted for about 24 hours. And all I knew was that I had to impress this coach. All I knew was that I had to show up to this meeting with him and be there mentally. And I remember telling my mom and my stepdad who came with me, don't tell the coach that I'm not here right now. Don't say anything about like how severely concussed I am.
0: This has to happen. This is not in the player safety protocols.
1: Yeah, probably wasn't the smartest decision.
0: You made it there and met the
1: coach? Made it there. Everything went amazing. Yeah, and then they offered, but then it was like, Okay, well, now what? Okay, now who else? It became a game for me, I think, you know, it became
0: something to play with. Did you ever want to go back to your high school coach and give him an, I told you so? Or? Yeah,
1: he's watching this. His name is Coach Zelenskis, and he was an incredible coach. He was really good at weight training and pushing players to like their weight training limits, which helped me understand lifting and stuff. The thing that he didn't understand, he played Division II football, and he just never, ever had that belief that anybody from a small town from where we were could play at a higher level. So I went back and forth. I was like, you know what, I'm going to call him while I'm at Kent State. I'm like, I'm going to call him and be like, yo, you didn't believe in me, but here I am. And he actually had a conversation with my mom while I was playing and was telling her how proud he was of how, how far I had. Made it with everybody doubting the fact that it
0: happened. And that's a fine line, right? As coaches, as mentors, as guides, we want to like help people set realistic expectation you think you're protecting others by not having them waste energy or set up what's realistic for them that messaging can also be harmful it's incredibly resilient that you took that and you were like okay i'm not gonna let anyone tell me what i can't do that's what i think always set the tone
1: sometimes you start to feel different whenever you make decisions like that wow looking around and being from a small town a lot of people don't believe that you can
0: even leave this town. they believe that it's all there is like the truman show right the minute you realize there's a bigger world out there scary to think there's something more than what you know that what you can control like there's a certain safety in that
1: yeah entirely you feel very safe and you know everybody where you're from if you have a problem you call them
0: being away Like, who are you going to call? So how did you make the transition from, uh, what did you study in college? Aeronautics. Wow. So how did you go from aeronautics and division one football to a career in modeling? Like, did somebody find you? Was there at all an interest that peaked in you? Now there's a lot of sports models as well, but traditionally, is there growing space male models? I wouldn't even know how to break in. Or did you go back to Google?
1: I swear I did. I started Googling everything I could back though to the fact of how easy it is with modeling. Now it's so different back from when I started. Now I believe it's a lot easier with social media, this
0: ability to go
1: viral like really fast.
0: Yeah, I read that story in the article where you met the director and then she found you on Instagram. and. All of a sudden, you're in a trailer with her and she's like, what are you doing here? Yeah, that was crazy. That was my first music video shoot.
1: I got there super early. I think the call time was like four in the morning.
0: And what was the director's name?
1: The director's name was Emma Westenberg. And she found you through your Instagram. She found me with the production house. A24 was producing the whole thing. They had presented me to the artist, Troy Sivan. Somehow, this was all through social media, through Instagram. He was like, yeah, he's perfect. He's exactly what we need for this. And then they reached out to my management and they're like, do you know this artist? And I was like, no. They thought I'd met him somehow. And I was like, no. Then when I got on set, I asked them and they said, we saw you on Instagram.
0: It's incredible, right? Creates this familiarity, like there's a relationship there. Yeah. And your ability to
1: control your brand that everybody sees, you know, your ability to maintain that communication with people. The main thing that they like about working models is showing that you're kind of on top of your game. You know, there's like a flex, you know, they call it like you're flexing on social media, which becomes very dangerous because now you always have. The to flex right you can't show like the wrong sides of things whenever you're
0: only flexing it's helped you right this whole day and age of being able to like going through your, your agent and having to wait till they send out photos
1: that's my aspect of control is my social media is the aspect that I feel most connected to because it's all under me you can build your library of
0: shots that you like from each shoot you're constantly building a portfolio exactly in the ones that I like I read in your bio I mean you lived in four different countries I mean modeling has taken you around the world what's happened like to just like be whisked away for like a couple days and just be in some random town
1: amazing man like freaking crazy it's living in different places was the main thing that i wanted leaving my hometown that was like i want to go to school away from where I, i'm from i want to see different things have different experiences than everybody else will and from moving from ohio where i went to school to new york one of my first shoots abroad was in istanbul turkey and i was there during ramadan and i was able to see the huge culture difference i remember someone telling me that you shouldn't be eating while you're walking during Ramadan. If you're gonna eat, you should sit down and eat or eat like at home because everyone around you is going through their fasting. It infatuated me so much because I was like, wow, you know, sometimes you become so wrapped up in yourself and your agenda and you don't necessarily take in what people are doing and the reason that they're doing it. It's one of the beauties of travel and going to different countries and encountering different cultures. It's amazing. All these aspects, you know, take you out of like focusing so much on yourself which becomes really easy, especially in my fashion. It's all about me, 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 me. And that's what I love the most about travel is seeing the differences and being able to respect those differences and even like pick them up a little bit. There's like really, really cool
0: differences that you pick up at different Yeah, places. you become aware of a whole nother way of thinking about behavior and social etiquette that you never even considered prior <laughs> Exactly.
1: in different religions, entirely different religion. I know that even being out here where there's more of a Jewish community, it's incredible. And where I'm from, it was a very small community. There was one Jewish church. I had one Jewish girl in my high school. Only one, and we we were great friends, but because it was just one, I wasn't as curious to learn. It wasn't as around, you know. That's why I believe so heavily in go different places and experience different places where you're actually in it. Because when you're actually in it, then you can actually, unless you're very good at living in curiosity. Yeah,
0: and you kind of have to adapt to what everyone else is doing, like very quickly. We may think about it, we may say, "Oh, that's interesting," but it's very quickly when you're in a different country, or if you're talking about a Muslim country or one that's like government is influenced by practices or the women are wearing full head coverings you have to go through your own like shock and you're experiencing the perceptions right people may react to you just by being from a different country and there you are like you just get submerged into that environment it's that submersion that you really get shocked but it sounds like that's really fed a part of you a curiosity to learn to grow to become more aware as a human being and it becomes a vehicle for that i know a lot of athletes right they go on to play in Japan or some basketball players have gone on to China. Talk about Amari Stoudemire, I think, is living in Jerusalem with his family. So they love they're not just a basketball player, but they also have spiritual practice as part of their life. All of this has led you to more depth work and curiosity about men's work. Do you notice when you're out there with high performers who are trying to push themselves and also, like you said, the lone wolf on their own, sometimes addiction goes hand in hand or it's just never enough right it's never enough travel it's never enough money have you experienced the dark side of that what have you found as the antidote for you
1: wow that's a very good question that was for sure struggle was things not feeling like enough and especially when you're constantly surrounded by different people's successes for me competition and work is seeing another person on a billboard that you like that should have been me and trying to justify the fact of you're working so hard that you're trying to do the right things and things aren't exactly going the way that you want maybe you're not working that much but I think that trying to find gratitude has been my biggest fuel to be able to understand how lucky I am to be able to working in this in art in general, be able to be paid in art is a very niche market. I think gratitude is really what separates everything.
0: So how do you stay connected to that appreciation for the opportunity for what's in front of you? Like, how do you not get pulled down when you oh, yeah. feel like you could be worth more? Like, how do you maintain that inner sense of worth and kind of maintain appreciative?
1: My main thing is I sit down My heart starts racing. I feel this anxiety take over my body sometimes where it's just my repeating thought that maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not where I believe I should be. And I try to catch that dialogue as soon as I can and realize that there is a reason why I didn't get that job. Like that's the blessing in it is the fact that I didn't get that job because everything that hasn't worked out in my life has led me right to where I am right now. And living in this grateful state, I'm able to see that, for instance like football not working out for me it was everything to me it had to be football and i think of all the hours i spent and all this determination all this beating my body up beating my head up like all this stuff had to be football And then to realizing where I'm at in my life now, if you were to tell me back then that it wasn't going to be football, I would tell you you're freaking crazy, you know, like it has to be that. If I was able to go back and be like, listen, just trust the process, just trust that football is not going to work out for a reason because it's going to lead you to bigger and better things and you'll be a lot happier. I was running on a lot of concussions, a lot of injuries that who knows where it would have led me. That's
0: a really key point, right? Is trusting where you are and seeing the opportunity, even if it's a perceived failure that there's a choice there in the opportunity of something not working out and it opens new doors for sure so what about aeronautics you still want to fly planes on the side or is that a future hobby Delingering? lingering
1: Every time I get on a plane, I'm like a little kid. How many flight hours do you have? I ask the pilot, like, oh, can I look in the cockpit? What's the weather
0: looking like? I become like a real nerd. So it might be a side study for you. Yeah. Is there a lot of downtime when you're on set or when you're on, you're on? There's plenty of that. I like to
1: stay. I become in a mindset whenever I'm on set. Kind of method, almost acting in a way when I get on set because I like to keep my energy kind of protected. I see a lot of people who will, after lunch, they start moving too fast, talking too fast and doing all these. Things I try to separate. That's kind of my so method to and from your modeling
0: flights internationally. We might see you studying
1: a thing or two. Oh, yeah, sharpening the saw. I still have my license, so I could, could do some private lights, you know, and a little single
0: engine Cessna. I like it. Well, we got Santa Monica Airport out here. We got a few.
1: Yeah, I was talking to a, a good friend of mine who shot a project for me, and he's talking to a brand who wants to shoot something as me as a pilot. This one is the closest to home that I've ever gotten.
0: <laughs> That's it. You got to marry your passions right there.
1: Yeah, put them both together and.
0: I'll be great. So we got a few minutes left. Tell us real quick. I want people to be able to find you. I've told them about your Instagram. You know, also what's led you to men's work, whatever you want to share about that, what you think the power of that for men, you know, who are lone wolves out there right now in the world, anything you want to say about those two
1: things? Thank you so much. And I appreciate this platform. My social media is good behavior. This is my last name mixed with my first name, Brandon. I'm shirtless often. What led me to being in a men's work, focusing on being a better man, finding out what that means to me finding out the struggles and the challenges that us men face which you don't get that with a woman they don't necessarily understand a man's perspective and for me growing up with a single mother I was constantly surrounded by not the right men I wasn't able to have someone to look up to besides celebrities and besides movie characters because of that i realized that there's aspects in being a great woman that i've seen my mom but i want to know and learn and talk and connect with other men who are on that same path and want to be better you can say that you're a great man or you can say that you want good things in this world but to truly want to be the best that you can be
0: takes work commitment and focus and structure
1: right just like any other discipline yeah exactly it takes that discomfort takes being uncomfortable and facing those things
0: well thank you to all of you for tuning in that was an amazing recording with brandon good athlete model and spokesman for men's work mental health self-ownership authority leadership today We spoke about how to set your own path, how to be resourceful without mentors, how to create and find your own mentorship in the world, ways to improve upon the skills and weaknesses you have, and how to prove resilient even when given criticism or feedback that might seem helpful but only serves as a roadblock pursuing our dreams and our path to defining who we want to be and how we see ourselves in the world. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. Please, if you can, check out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash RichardListens or Instagram. Richard Listens. You get the theme. We appreciate all your support and interest. We're now up on iTunes, Spotify. If you're interested in therapy, teletherapy, any kind of consultation, please don't hesitate to reach out to me through my website, richardlistens.com. I'm happy to help and support in any way through any kind of strain, support, or isolation you are going through. We are here to alleviate strain and suffering. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Richard Listens, and I'm out.